All right, so welcome to Modular Podcast number one, a new podcast show with me, Ben Divkid, uh, and also Greg and Matthew. Do you want to introduce yourselves, Greg? Hi, Ben. Hi, Matthew. Hello. Uh, between the three of us and some guests in the future with interviews, we're going to be looking at patch ideas, some new modular gear, uh, bits of gear that integrate with the format, but it's this niche modular show talking patches and ideas uh, as opposed to a general synth show. Uh, for the first show, we wanted to run down uh, some of our favourite bits from now. Uh, one of the standouts for me was sort of the overwhelming amount of new IntelliGel gear with a filter and the cases and a lot of other gear, but I think the Rainmaker stands out as one of the real powerhouse modules uh, from the show. Uh, Greg, is there anything you want to kick us off with about the Rainmaker? Rainmaker looks insane. <laughs> yeah. delay. Uh, get some interesting rhythmical stuff out of a comb resonator section. 64 caps, still not entirely sure. Even Dan said himself he's not entirely sure what this thing can actually do yet. I mean, I think that's great, almost, hearing that from a manufacturer, that I don't really know exactly what it can do, you know, it, rather than it's just going to do this. Brilliant, yeah. didn't it? Loved it. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea that he's almost scared of the thing. I've created a beast. You yeah, go, exactly. you do what you want. Yeah, it's, up to you, it's up to you to find out what it does. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious thing is, and from some of the demos that IntelliGel have put on their own page as well, uh, comb filters, resonators, cap, strong type sounds, a lot of string stuff. But surely it will also do, presuming the delay times go long enough, these really big, complex sort of cross-feeding delay rhythms, uh, great for sort of tape loop style effects as well. Um, but it looks, yeah, it just looks like it'll do everything. And I don't think anyone really knows quite what just yet. Dan did say there's really long delays possible. There's phase. I didn't. I didn't realise that. I don't know why. I just thought it was going to be. You know, well, with the carpal strong thing mentioned, I, I didn't even almost expect that he could do really long delays. That's that's excellent. Yeah, I thought they'd be short. Um, yeah, do. Looking at the specs and from what Greg said as well, that it's going to do that big, huge sort of blooming expansion of delay. Oh wow. It's not far off either, is it? It's like March or something, he said. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think definitely before summer, from what I remember. Um, I think a lot of his stuff is ready for production. And sneakily, um, I say sneakily because I don't know how many people know, but it's from the horse's mouth, as it were. There's more stuff coming from IntelliGel as well, not just the NARM stuff. Oh, wow. Um, cool, as well. What's that, sorry? A lot of stuff just... Prenam as well, does that Polaris and the... Um, yeah, there was. That was a kind of stealth release. It just kind of happened, didn't it? Yeah, Polaris, the new MIDI, uh, micro MIDI, which that seems great, actually. I know MIDI modules potentially a bit more boring and some people don't want any MIDI or computer or keyboard, but mm. it's, you know, aftertouch, velocity, everything that's on there that you'd want is on there. And it's, you know, a nice little slim module, uh, a couple of clock out as well, I think 16th note clock and a quarter note clock, or you know, midi din clock and 16s. Um, what was the other one? Polaris, oh, the new Dixie 2 plus. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the scalable, yeah, octave switch and extra attenuators for PWM and things. Um, but yeah, Polaris looks good as well. Um, if I was after filter, yeah, with the drive 27 filter types, phaser modes, Mm. um. 
if it's a really good one. Interestingly with that one, did you see that Olivier had commented or tweeted, um, all right, no need for me to make polls anymore. Um, Olivier, the yeah. instruments, had a module looking at different filter poll and different filter topology type stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's, no, that's good. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in, I think it's in that thread that he started recently about sort of the lost modules or the development of the mutable modules where you can see sort of several integrations of what Clouds originally was and what it turned into and you can see this sort of filter that is now sort of ditched. I mean, I imagine it's full of loads of ideas that don't come to fruition, but uh, that one specifically sort of, I don't know if it took him by surprise or just sort of thought, all right, yeah, you fit the nail on the head. With Polaris. That thread was one of the best threads I've, I've come across in a while. I came onto that one really late, really late in the thread, and just spent two hours reading over everything. <laughs> well, it's not even stuff like there's there's that simple one in there, isn't there? The six HP distortion, like one knob distortion, and he just sort of said, "Yeah, there's better options out there, so I'm not going to make it." Um, but th the nature of mutable, there's people that still want that stuff. That's well, it. It's back to what we were saying before, don't it? About just because another manufacturer brings out a filter, a distortion, or whatever, mm -hmm. shouldn't put you off from bringing one out yourself because you'll always have a different take on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There was the other one, well, we're on that mutable topic. Um, the Paths, I think it was called, that was a slew, like a rise and fall generator that would work as a slew and whatever else. But I think he actually had an issue with that that he couldn't get around without stealing from All right. sort of design of, of maths or an old surge unit or something. And he said, and I'm not willing to just rip another circuit out of somewhere else to correct this issue that I'm having. Right. Um, so so it's, it's a real goldmine thread if you've not seen it, Matthew. There's loads of stuff in there. Really good. I recommend giving it a nice check it out. And I'm also, still staring at this picture of the Rainmaker that I've got on the screen, and I just <laughs> look at it and think that's exactly the kind of module you want to buy in winter and just hibernate with. You know, <laughs> just you know, really just don't go out and just get stuck with it, in with it. It's one, yeah, yeah, and nice way of bringing us back on topic as well. But it's one of those that, yeah, you just want to put a drone in sine wave in a triangle or something and just see what tones you can get out, and then. After that, you know that's that's week one of hibernation out of the way, exactly. and then and then just putting in a little simple, you know, plonky percussion or a little bass drum hit or something, and just then exploring all the rhythmic stuff. Because don't each of the sixteen delay lines have its own filter as well? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, it's all the timing bit that I'm really interested in. How that's going to work? It's going to be great. And if it, I mean. It, it potentially get, well, hopefully really easy to control, but potentially really complex if they're all multi-mode filters as well. Mm. You know, some really dark, low-passed, I don't know, let's say quarter-note delay, but then you've got some dotted eighth-note that's really high-passed and you just get the fizzy top end. Yeah, you're just, get, you're just focusing, like, you know, on those little bits. Yeah, really, like, scientifically little notches of little frequencies dotting around that they're all related, but so heavily sculpted with those filters that I think you could get a lot out of it. Mm. It has rhythmical stuff kind of built in as well, doesn't it? Like your dotted eight and your triplets just mm. just ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how, if there's any sort of grouping of, of things, you know, sort of... I was wondering that myself. 
Yes, you, you know, you've combined two or three delay taps to create one rhythm that can then all feed into, I don't know, a delay that lasts for a full bar. So you've got this little rhythmic generation, eight, sixteens, dotted eights, or whatever, then hitting some longer delay time that's almost like that tape loop vibe that's a couple of bars long or 60 seconds long or whatever that might be. Mm. Is this only the second module uh, that Psychronics and IntelliGel did together? Is it? Yeah, there's a cycle box, isn't there? Um, which is a real mad digital oscillator. Um, right. Quite aggressive dual digital oscillator. But then I think that's it, yeah. I don't think... Didn't you do that other um, oscillator IntelliGel brought out last year, though? Oh yeah, was he involved with the shapeshifter? Yeah, yeah, def- that's you see, that's why that's why I'm thinking you were in. But yeah, you're right. So it's three then, isn't it? Yeah, that's- I'm sure that I think pretty sh- unless they didn't and cycle, you know, the cycle box was its own thing. And there's an expander, isn't there, for the cycle box? Maybe that's how they came on board. That IntelliGel made an expander for. Oh right. And then shapeshifter was the one that they did together. Because um, IntelliGel made the um, MindMeld Vulcan Modulator Expander, which was a Livewire product. Yeah, that's right. So it might have been when they were on that vibe of making expanders for other people's stuff, and then that's how they've ended up connecting. Yeah. I don't know that one. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, moving on, a big a big one for me, I think, was dope for going with their uh, Black Edition. Um, more importantly, I'm just really happy that they've generated a lot of hype around you know, people sort of gushing over this nice black vintage-looking system because um, the stuff's loads better than it gets credit for. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really, they really do need more attention for them. And the good thing is that they have listened to people um, about the sort of the visual feedback of, of of this, you know, because you know lots of people have said, oh, well, you know, you've just got this great expansive grey metal in your system if you just buy them. Well, that's fine, you know, but um, at least they are listening to some feedback of, you know, would it be good if there were different colours within your range, etc., just so you can identify quickly which module you put in your hand to, you know. But, um, those look great as a system. Yeah, they, they do. Look, those look really nice. I wonder how those knobs are, though. Are they the same plastic knobs or are they... They look different. They look like slightly rubber kind of. Yeah, they look like different knobs, don't they? It looks like black place plate and a new knob design as well. I'm pretty sure they're not. They look more almost like Rian knobs as opposed to. Not like the ones that are like dark energy and stuff, are they? No. I wonder can you oh. buy those knobs? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's sort of a we well not weird, but there's sort of a, a way into all this. And they start offered offering coloured knobs, the same plastic grey ones, but colours. And you could buy, I don't know, in bundles of twenty at a time, different colours. Um, and then they had the limited edition wasp filter, didn't they? That's black yeah. with the yellow knobs. Yeah. Um, I think there's an SEM filter that's got that sort of cream colour. Um, there's the like icy blue through zero oscillator that they put out last year. Mm. So they've definitely been hinting at it. I mean, that wasp filter alone, it's 65 pounds new, I think, and it, it's yeah. great. No, so you just can't complain with Dove for pricing-wise, and they always get it, you know, well, not only do they get it right on the nail, they always get it cheaper, I think, you know, and it, they're just great for that kind they're of stuff. They're not poor quality either. They're built like tanks. Yeah, they're really good. Like envelopes, just mentioned that, you know, super tight or really, really long, and I think they're about 
pounds or something like that, you know. Yeah, potentiometers feel great. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the black stuff specifically for me, I'm not, I don't mind a bit of a sea of dope for great or the odd one. I know. Um, and I'll put, you know, my own knobs and stuff anyway if I want to change it. So I'm not, you know, I wouldn't jump out to buy a, a black system, uh, as it were. But I'm just glad that they've got, you know, some more hype for their stuff and it's got people excited. I mean, yeah. they've got, They've got that trigger sequencer coming, and the and and the same with their like A one. Is it the A one five five sequencer? Yeah, it's about best of that sharp work thing, isn't it? The uh, pattern generator. Yeah, and and they've got. I mean, they've got DSP modules as well. I think they're fairly low powered chips compared to some of the new stuff. But right. there is DSP and some more exotic stuff in there. Things like the phase locked loop, just is yeah. bonkers of a module. Um, nothing dull about it in the slight and same with the filters like the Wasp and the SEM they scream like mad not at all what you know that vibe that some people seem to have of oh yeah boring dope for stuff yeah well the triple resonance filter that I have is fantastic I'll part with that that's really good really unusual I can combine each each one of the filters with each other um, it's great I really like making percussion sounds on that as well you know so in a self oscillation, you could literally have like a, you know, a kick, a snare, and a hi hat for each one. You know. Yeah, with like overlapping sort of resonant harmonics and stuff like that between. Yeah, yeah you can get sort of formula type sounds with it as well. No, oh, it, cool. it's great. It's really good. Um, that's strangely a really nice link to the next bit, uh, the aperture filter from WMD. Thinking of multi filters, um, that potentially is the module of the show for me. Um, I have a soft spot for it uh, just because it's Tyler at WMD. Um, you guys might not know. I might have told you. Some people that are watching will do. Um, me and Tyler made a track together uh, as Divkid, a bit of a sort of electro house collab track. Uh, I remember him not being keen on his job. I think it was in a sort of Walmart supermarket type place. And he said, I'm, I'm going to send WMD a message. I'm around the corner. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, and then last year's NAM 2015 is... He's the face of the company demoing stuff. He's been in all the stuff this year, all the coverage, uh, and he's designed his own module. Um, Fantastic. Really, really happy for him. You know, only a couple, couple of years ago, knowing, you know, I'm sick of my job. I'm going to ask if I can go intern for a week at WMD. Never sold it anything before at all. You know, within a couple of months, uh, he was sort of head of quality control as the company grew. Or I might have got the job title wrong, but, you know, quickly elevated to... Yeah, from not from not being able to solder anything to do that, that's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's got, I've played around with the Aperture card in the Black Market Modular Colour Palette. Uh, a fantastic module. Bandpass filter made up of a low and a high pass, you know, just as you would creating your own bandpass, but with controllable width um, as well as frequency control. Really cool. I mean, it's, it works really well in the um, colour palette format you know, next to the other WMD cards like the Wave Folder and the Cis Evex Fuzz, bandpass filter into a fuzz works really well. Yeah, it's definitely one that, um, I, you know, it, like I always tend to you know, be glued to normal and looking at stuff, what's going on. It's, it's definitely one that, for me, it, I missed it. It just fell through, through, through the railings, as it were. But then, I, you know, when I found it out about it, it's just fantastic. Just listening to the demos just sounds really good. Well, uh, Greg, were you saying, was it Stacey from Hex Inverter had said it one of the best filters he'd ever heard? Yeah, yeah, I've seen you put up on Facebook. 
one of one of the best filters I've ever heard, and that kind of got me onto it. So I uh, went and listened to the demo soon, and I'm impressed with it as well. Yeah, well, it's soon the idea of one filter into another, creating your own bandpass. It's more kind of sculptable than. Well, you see, this is what interests interest me about, you know, because sometimes you think, oh, yeah, another, another new filter's come out. What does it sound like? Does it sound like Moog? Does it sound like an MS-20? You know, and there's plenty of those things out there. But so to someone to bring something tr truly new to the filter market, I think it's a, a good thing, you know. I think when you've got a high pass and low pass in sequence like that, everybody immediately thinks MS-20. Yeah, that's true. It's own thing. Yeah, well, I think, I, I mean, you've got some right behind me, you, Matthew, but the yeah. one of the first things I did when I got hold of your original MS-20 was, I think, grab both filters and, you know, yeah. twist the hands both ways round for that yeah. sort of opening and closing of a band of frequencies. Uh, and even with slightly different resonances on both, you get this sort of gorgeous sweep of the two. Um, I like that on the module they've brought that out. You've got frequency and width. But then the high pass resonance and the low pass resonance separate. Yeah, I think the feedback as well. I mean, a lot of the demos are sort of general synth riff, but I think even in a feedback loop, we say like clouds or the rainmaker that's coming out, um, or even just in a spring reverb feedback path, I think it'll offer so much control for just taking, you know, that sort of glorious moment of being on the edge of it, starting to scream. Yeah, yeah. Well, like for those of us who really like, you know, doing the thing with taking a delay, you know, like on the Sputnik delay, taking that out, the feedback path, putting that into a filter before returning it back in. Yeah. And that filter is going to be fantastic with that. Yeah, and rather than using the level of the patch as the feedback, almost the sort of band of frequencies decides how sort of screamy and mad it gets or mm. rein it in a little bit. I think you'll really be able to control it um, really well. I think there's a VCA on the input as well and a dry wet. Well, that would be really good for doing things like that with the delay, the feedback. So you've just got that extra control there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and we're doing quite well with these links between stuff without much thinking. Speaking <laughs> of uh, delay, uh, the Generalissimo from Strymon. Uh, oh, yeah. I think we're all huge. Well, I'd say we're all big Strymon fans. Yeah, yeah. Fans of very good DSP, obviously, it makes a big difference. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think I'm alone in saying I'm not too much of a fan of their NAM videos. No, no. It's, it's almost like you brought this fantastic thing to market, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> I want to see a really good demo of this now. It sort of feels like, and this might sound really harsh, but like they've brought one of those new electric cars that won't crash. You know, it doesn't, it's got auto braking and auto sensing. And they've tested it and they've ran someone over. It really, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's just completely, not the product, but just the demo. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't offer anything to me other than thinking for that amount of money, I'd be better buying a timeline or a, a, a combination like an El Capistan and a Blue, uh, blue Sky or, uh, you know the deco delay pedal that you've got, Greg. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe you could be convinced yet, but I, I would agree with that. Why not get a timeline? Timeline will do so much more. You could buy a uh, tape delay for that. Yeah, yeah. That kind of money. I definitely, have because um, obviously it's their first outing into into the module realm, as it were. 
and they make these fantastic, fantastic um, effects units. It doesn't seem, just from what I've looked at it, like they've consulted enough with modular users for what they would like in regarding inputs, to, you know, what they would like to be able to control. I mean, I know usually if you'd have asked me, you know, what do you want to be able to control on this item, I'd just say everything. Everything by CB, I want to be able to do everything. But I know that that can't always happen, but I would perhaps like to see definitely more CB inputs. Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing with that idea of them sort of not consulting with modular users or really looking in, de in depth enough. I mean, the idea of a, a, a spring reverb level, a DSP spring, is it, probably one of the formats that everybody, or at least if they want, very cheaply can have a real spring reverb involved. And do for again, you know. Classic. Yeah, A199, the music yeah. modular, Spring Reverb's great, um, DIY kits as well. Um, and the ability to switch between tanks to Spring Ray. Yeah, the Intelligel one, with great. All, and all real springs that you can touch, or you can get those little um, like belt and digital tank delay things um, that I know you've got, Matthew, they work well. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I, I'm not, I haven't a problem with them going down the, you know, the Spring Reverb Simulator uh, mode. I'm sure it would, because you know, they're just DSP kings, I'm sure it would be great. But, you know, like I say, for me, it's just, I think, that you know, it, it does look good. You know, this is only kind of a, a sketching kind of criticism, because I'm sure it will sound fantastic. It's, it's purely a control issue. I've got a slight problem with is that I want to see, you know, I want to be able to, you know, like the tape age and stuff like that. I want them to be able to be controlled by a CV. Yeah. No, there's no doubt it's going to sound amazing. It will. Yeah. Exactly. Be, DSP, yeah. High quality DSP is what they do. Yeah. Say that. Oh, that's what we're all saying. I mean, they haven't consulted with anybody in the modular world and we would like more CV. <laughs> more CVs, yeah. If you're watching, yeah, add some CV. That's the thing with the spring. I mean, the El Capistan delay I've tried at the music shop I work in, uh, teaching. You know, I go down there when I finish teaching on a weekend. Often the guitarist in the shop's got all the pedals out, uh, just playing a you know basic clean guitar riff, and said, "Oh, it's got spring reverb emulation, and it sounds fantastic." And it, it'll you know it'll be the same code. Turn it up, it's going to sound good. But it's that sort of wasted space on what could have been CV inputs or attenuators or, and like you said, all the all the cool stuff, the crinkle and the tape age and the record yeah. level, you know, I want to be able to put a triangle wave in or, again, just some simple yeah. non-moving drone and just CV the hell out of it for moving drive and crinkle and warble. and You just be able to get the, you know, the, the, the sound potential of being able to do that is going to be fantastic because that's what you unless you've got something controlled under MIDI, you know, with the conventional pedals. But the fact that, you know, just like you just said, a super fast or a super slow triangle way of doing something, you know, just get, making it sound really otherworldly just through a through CV control, you know. Yeah, I mean, what comes close to that sound, interestingly, and I think it's got CV on, is the uh, ZVEX getting into modular. I think their lo-fi junkie pedals got, and um, I'm not I'm just, Think it's a CV in, but if not, a triangle LFO on board as well for moving wow. low, like low file mount. You know, and you're getting that sort of pitch up, pitch down, tape warble type effect. Um, completely different, you know, ZVEX low fi pedal. But um, yeah, yeah. Factory as well. That was in it. I had a Fuzz Factory as well. That 
acting is insane. It's the most crazy flaws mm-hmm. I've ever come across. Yeah. 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 Well, their card again, going back to the black market modular, the Fuzzalo card from Zvex, uh, really nice. Having the VCA on the color palette module, hitting it with varying levels. I have a couple of CVs on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, as you said, the Fuzz Factory coming for the sort of full version, as it were. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to the Strymon, though, one thing we've not mentioned. And I like it, but I'd, I'd sort of still rather have more CV over that if I had to choose. But each of the four delay taps has got clock out or clock in, mm. clock out, um, which seems nice for getting these, especially with the sound on sound looping. Yeah. Well, but I, I sort of I'm so caught up in it not having CV. I'd rather have them make a sound on sound looper that doesn't have any of these tone controls on it. Right. You know, for half the size, I'd rather have a 16 HP looper that's all clockable. Yeah, yeah. They're clever, nice DSP, but just, you know, take that off and make it smaller. Just, I can't, I know it's a bit bit of a sad bee in my bonnet, but it's a bit of a real bugbear for me that they haven't got this CV on there at the minute. I'm hoping they will have, and that people actually tell them, and, you know, there's enough public stuff um, saying that it should have this on there and that they listen. I know you've seen quite a lot of this, Ben. They did tease it quite a lot, that they were going into modular on Instagram just before they announced it. Yeah, they did, yeah. They had those, like, little... They had those, like, little teddies, didn't they? Like, little modular-looking... Well, not yeah. teddies, but, like, little toy-looking things. And So I've I seen a lot of comments on there, and a lot of people were disappointed when, when they really? saw what they seen. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's the thing of making the distinction between because you know, the price issue as well. I mean, that's a separate thing, you know. But it's like what what what's going to tempt people away from buying the comparative pedal that they make, like the Timeline or the big you know Big Sky or whatever, and so sort of say, well, you know what, I could maybe have that next to my module, save the space, and kind of control that through some expert sleepers thing or whatever, you know. And so I think it needs to be more unique, as it were, from the, by giving it all these control options. Because like we, I know we keep saying it's like the DSP, they've nailed it, it sounds superb, all the stuff sounds great. But what it needs to be a bigger distinction between the pedal and, and the module. Yeah, I think those clock outs are an ins go somewhere to get that. You know, you can just throw CV at it and create new rhythms with the looping and the delays. So I think they've thought about that side. You know, they've maybe thought about this sound-on-sound looper delay more than the sort of tape delay emulation, which is probably why we're all a bit miffed that it doesn't have CV, because I think that's what we know they do really well. Yeah. Well, you've got the two pedals, haven't you, Greg? You couldn't be happier with those Strymon delays. They're end-of-chain pedals, though. You know, it's not... If I want to delay in modular, it's not necessarily going to be an end of chain delay. No, I might as well buy a pedal. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think, but if those, again, with the quality of that's what we know them for. It we know that that deco pedal you've got or the timeline, uh, it just and El Capistan they do tape delay really well. So I think that's what had. Fantastic. I mean, I must have watched so many different demos, you know, guitar and synth based ones and just when you hear that kind of tape age when they turn it just sounds wonderful amazing I, I want that but with control you know I mean 
you know, I've got, I've got the ModCan dual delay, which I absolutely love, and that's got CV control of absolutely everything. Every function on there has got CV control. Well, has the El Capistan got an expression in? I'm not sure, actually. Because um, you could use something like the ALM SPG and just go out with, through a floating ring cable into that and it let your CV any knob that way. Yeah, and this, I mean, a lot of the like, electroharmonics have that as well, and obviously the Mooga Fuga pedals um, have expression ins, and some of those new, uh, the Mini Fugas, the smaller Moog pedals, they've got an expression in. Oh, all right. Yeah, so you sort of, you can get, you can get this some sort of integration a bit cheaper. I think the one that would have really had everyone, and it, it would have been, you see people say this all the time, but I think much more literally, you know, take my money, just take my credit card. If they'd have gone, right, here's a modular big sky. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Everybody was prepared for that. I think yeah. that's what everybody wanted. Yeah. It's got to be around the corner. You know, that's got to be the first, you know, the first wave is that one. Well, we're starting to see more of sort of higher-end DSP, aren't we, in Euro? I mean, for reverb, there's obviously the verb, a knob for every parameter, CV over it, yeah. clock bulb, you've got the envelope follower out, which is great when you get it. A really nice thing, and it's quite a well-documented one from Mate Noise, but it's to get it just on the verge of self-oscillation with the decay, but take the envelope follower out and invert the CV, so just just as it starts to peak and feedback, it just you know reins itself back in. Um, the Valhalla cards for the ZDSP sound amazing as well. Yeah, he's working. The Shimmer's out now, I think, isn't it, as well? There's the Halls of Valhalla. Um, and the shimmer, but yeah, I don't think it comes close to no guy. You know, when you just hear no. one in person, I mean, they sound amazing in the demos. And that is it, Peter Dyer, yeah, uh, synth player for like Aloe Black and special demos as well. Yeah, yeah sound incredible. Whenever I've heard it, it's just it just makes you stop and listen. You know, just that depth is just incredible. Yeah, but it seems really clean and transparent as well it doesn't seem some of these like big reverb effects they sort of drown a mix it seems almost like the mids are too thick or I don't quite know what it is in the algorithm but the big sky just seems like the one mm. yeah um, so hopefully they'll do it um, I think I'd buy it not you know whatever CV it had really the big sky because I haven't bought a big sky pedal yet Um so it really would be a no-brainer if they did a module. Yeah, definitely. I, I was almost thinking when they were going to bring one out anyway, they would literally be like the El Capistan size, nearly that size, but just straight in as a module and, and that amount of buttons almost. I didn't expect it to be as big as what it was as well. How many HP is it? Uh, is it 36 or something like that, roughly? It's a lot, isn't it? For what it is. It looks yeah. about, well, let's compare. I don't know how many HP the size of my head is, but is it about the size of a, is it about the size of a vector? Bearing in mind that's 114 HP. I would say roughly, yeah. About the size of the vector in it. Yeah. I almost ex- expected for him to almost like pick up a pedal and just touch it. I mean, obviously, there's way more to it than that. But that the amount of um, controls on it, 
you know, I think would have I think would have pleased a lot of people in the module world. Just go, yeah, just make it like the old Pakistan, but with some CVs in. Where the tap tempo is, I'm not a fan of either. It's right oh, yeah. up top between two knobs, and it's this tiny little. Right. Yeah, until you mentioned it, Greg, when we spoke a few days ago, I'd not even seen that little tap button. And I thought, you're right against the yeah. little and, and it's a small, not sticking up that much little button as well. What is that knob up the top as well? Because if you move that, aren't you, are you potentially changing one of the parameters? I don't know if it's delay, like the main delay time. That's the one that is sweeping with that sort of resonance. Because that's the way they are on the pedals. It's like you've got your main delay time, but obviously your tap tempo. Which, am, I, am I right in thinking it is still, it, well, what do you call it, development or prototype? It's not it's, but it's not the finished one yet, though, is it? I don't think it's I don't think so. I don't think they've said it is, but I don't think they've... Well, certainly not for me to see it. I don't think they've explicitly said this is pre-prototype, really early version. I'm not right. sure. It's on their website, prototype. Right. It, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's not like it's you know it's imminently coming out or anything like that. And this is the. Fed, um, I had a look on their website. It just says summer 2016. Right. So what we need to happen. Is everyone that's watching and all their friends to email them and say <laughs> we'll all buy it if there's CV over it. Yeah, we've got money burning a hole in his pocket for all <laughs> your eyes. Stick some CV on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on. I mean, I, I think that's about it. We're, it's going to yeah. sound great, as we've said, uh, but it's just missing. It's just lacking a bit at the minute. Um, I think it's sort of year of the performance mixer or output mixer, as it were. Um, we've got the uh, WMD performance mixer, uh, Qubits mixology, and the Topper Brillo mixer as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, just out of my own interest, out of how you two work, how, what are you using for output mixing at the minute? Are you wanting one of these sort of bigger output stereo mixers, or do you like taking loads of little bits out? To an output mixer, uh, an external mixer. Um, what are you doing? Well, I, I, my sort of final mix out of my module goes through the muter mix, so that's what I'm using currently at the moment. It doesn't have any pan, so I always want. So, well, you've got pan, you've got your pan for um, for two channels out, as it were. We have got pan for each individual um, uh, input, where there's six inputs. So, but I love it. it it's really good. Uh, for that, but yeah, I'd like, I'd, I'm interested by a few of these new things that are coming out. Obviously, that are including things like pan. Yeah, well, mentioning the word pan, one I didn't mention the pan and scan from Verbos, yeah. which was yeah. before NAM, but you know, within the realm of these new mixes that are coming. Yeah, certainly for me, that that that's really appealing for me. I like it for multiple reasons: the fact that you can, you know, just the, the scanning part that you can that they've obviously sort of taken from the um, harmonic generator that you can just so almost like morph effectively between the, the signals and plus the size as well I think it's a really good you've got a, you know a good medium of the sort of how big to put it rather than you know when people have been putting mixes in they're fairly big aren't they mm. yeah I mean I think the bigger one the WMD one 
they've sort of got everything on there that I want. I think that's it's it up almost like my outboard mixer. Yeah. The, um, that's going back to your question. That's mostly the way I use it. I use my modular sub mix, and then out to my outboard Mackie mixer. Yeah. Um, that's got aux um, send and return, which is yeah. a big one for me. Yeah, I mean the WMD. One thing I didn't realize until I watched the second or third video of it uh, from Nam, the first couple of inputs have got uh, two inputs and a switch, so you can have channel one input A or input B or both. Um, and I thought, all right, yeah, that's a way of bumping an extra input in that shares this, you know, common pan and level controls. That's fine. Um, but they're talking about it as running different parts of a set. So if you've got, say, two kick drum rhythms and you want to flick between the two, um, I think it's starting to get, well, as they call it, the performance mixer, it's starting to get quite clever with the WMD. You know, flick, say, channel one and two switches over and it changes a kick and a snare in a drum mix or swaps over bass lines or a riff or effects or whatever else. I think that's a, that's a good point as well. It's almost like, back to what Greg just said, you've got an external mixer that you're using. And and like how we mentioned with the Strymon, they make external, you know, foot pedals. What's It needs to be different enough for you to include it and take up, you know, precious uh, modular space, if you like, than rather go, well, I might, just, might as well get a, you know, a Behringer or a Mackie mixer outside of it. You want you want to have that unique again CV control. What can it actually do differently that a conventional mixer can't do? Yeah, I mean with the WMD it does because as well a lot of these sort of four channel output mixers that are stereo. If I've already got a stereo submix from somewhere else in a patch, say I've got drums, a bass, and some effects. If the drums are already in stereo, that's half of the mix are gone anyway. Taking channel one and panning it left, taking channel two and panning it right. So it's got a couple of these stereo ins that just have a level control. It's got some channels have CVable pan, others don't. I don't, and by the time I'm at my output, this maybe goes opposite to what you said, Matthew, but I don't want everything to be CVable. Right. You know, I don't want. That, yeah. I don't want four or six channels that I'm going to CV the pan and the level on. I see that as a bit more further upstream. Maybe I'm already doing that with some pads or drones, and I just want the the general level of that stereo mix. The same with the drums. You know, I don't want to, maybe in, in, at certain times, but I don't want to sort of CV pan a full drum mix in a final mixer. Well, well, it's in the name of the WMD. It's the performance mixer. It's set up to be able to switch between your A and B, it's not meant to be kind of as much CV control. Yeah, but I think it being bigger, it's still got it. I think they've all, you know, a few of the channels have CV pan, they've got CV level, they've got CV aux levels if you want to kill reverb sends or bloom up reverb sends or delays. Um, I think that's hit it. I think the other one that's not as big but still possibly as interesting uh, in terms of just for my own want, wants and needs, uh, the mixology from Qubit. That looks nice as well, yeah. A little mm. bit smaller, I'd imagine a little bit cheaper. I think it's $699, the WMD they're aiming for. Right. Which means probably £600 in the UK. We're never far off straight dollar to pound in terms of numbers, are we? No, it's not really. Never is. <laughs> Probably about the same in euros for you, Greg, 600 euros plus 
Um, hopefully the Qubit comes in quite a bit under that. Um, one thing I did, I managed to speak to um, Qubit um, about a few other things, but I mentioned the mixer, and that they are going to try putting the mutant solo buttons at the bottom of the unit as opposed to the top of the sliders. Ah, nice. Um, which for me, if it's going to, if all the controls at the bottom and the jacks are at the top, it's one of those modules that sits in my very front row as I'm stood at it. Um, so I think those mutes want to be right at the edge, you know, right at the fingertip, not near a jack, not near a pot. Um, yeah, and I think I think a lot of people who may, well potentially will get this would we'll probably put them in something like a skiff as well, so they'd end up being flat, and I think it'd be a, just a nicer ergonomic to have that at the bottom. Yeah. It's got a nice, um, they're calling it sidechain, but it's just... Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that the VTA is, um, it's kind of like ducking, sidechain ducking. Yeah, so, so it's a switch for the CV in for the level that is either positive, so standard, you know, envelope opens and closes it, or um, it inverts the incoming CV. So you can use the same shape envelope to duck the mixer as opposed to um, CV open and close. It's kind of like the envelope follower thing that was on Future Music a while, a while ago. Yeah, Alex Myler Melodies did that video, uh, sort of DIY, make your own compressor sort of thing, um, using an envelope follower to follow your signal, invert that, and then control a VCA with the inversion of it, sort of duck against something else. I think it's nice. I don't know how much I'd use it um, in terms of that switch but again I think it comes down to my own mindset of an output mixer half being that sort of just end of chain you know Mackie mixer that sat next to the desk and part creative thing I like using although not stereo but things like frames from mutable instruments I see as the sort of panning everything around and moving around all over the place oh yeah I mean I, I use that a lot I'm really into frames but again, it all depends kind of what thing you're coming from. But yeah, just just the whole point. I like I like using that for what you just said, like putting a random um, sort of clock in there, moving things around. You know, it's just really good. Again, it's a creative device as opposed to an end of chain sort of mixing device. Yeah, I would like to clean up my sub mixes in my modular before they go out to my outboard mixer. So mm. clean up in what way? It's messy at the moment. I have a lot of small mixers. Right, just so something a bit bigger. Yeah, just kind of have one mixer where everything goes into, and this is my one mixer that goes straight out into my outboard. Yeah, that's, that's why I do like the, the Mutamix for that. It doesn't. Uh, I think compared with all these new ones that are coming out at the moment, it doesn't have as many things as that. But you can obviously you can mute and you can that's controllable via CV as well, and uh, and you can do and you can send a random signal into that to turn everything on and off. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I do like it. it's a nice clean. I, I, you know, when you said it, things are a little bit untidy and you've got separate little mixers, I like that one just just to funnel it all into that before it goes out to the sound card, as it were. Yeah. I like the idea of the top of Brillo. For me, having just put a little case of drums together, I, I like the idea of the top of Brillo one, taking drum submixes. It's a little bit smaller, um, slightly less feature-packed, but, you know, CV pan over hi-hats and bits of percussion, and I like that feeling like, right, there's my stereo drums, whether that goes into a sound card or whatever. Like you were saying, I have that tidying up of things. 
Um, I guess it, it, well, we all look at it different, but like Matt was saying, Matthew, about the um, pan and scan, I sort of see that as the creative one. Just oh, totally, totally is, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Like you were saying about the way that it morphs through the harmonics on the harmonic oscillator, again, you've got one as well, Greg. Yeah. That idea of over panning over other sources and waves and effects. Um, I don't think if that was in the case, I'd just be panning, not panning, I don't think I'd just be plugging in, you know, standard things. Oh, there's some drums, there's some bass, there's whatever. Um, I think that would be right, the sort of creative hub, sort of top of the funnel, as you said, Matthew, to go. Yeah, it's definitely, for me, that, I mean, for, again, it's back to the kind of music you kind of make, but it's kind of crying out for different kind of, you know, drone effect soundscape type stuff that you kind of morph in between, you know. But you could, again, percussion, you could have all sorts of abstract things going on in there and jumping around between them. Yeah. Um, but so, again, it's just this very simple idea of if you say the word mixer to someone, you know, oh, it's some kind of game control. But it's just, you know, again, it's all these brilliant takes on what people are doing with the mixer now. And there's, like I said, just four manufacturers there all doing something completely different. Yeah, they'd be really cool with CV, actually. Something like the Octo Controller from Abstract Data or, say, the Batumi from uh, XAOC or Chaos Devices. Yeah. Having this sort of pan and scan morph over different phases of LFOs and different rates of LFOs and almost sort of a bit like what you one of us might do with frames already um, yeah. condensing this hub of modulation down into this weird moving thing that then yeah. becomes a single cable that you can go right now you move wavetable or filter or whatever that might be yeah definitely I'd like to say that again I'm, I'm I'm interested because it's got that unique facility almost of it, but then again, it's, it's a good size. They've got a good balance, I think, between size and features of uh, Volvos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another, I mean, there's loads, as I've said to you both already and quite a lot of people online, it, it's been real information overload now for me. I'm only just starting to soak up most of what's gone on. I think I've just about watched most of what, I'm subscribed to in terms of Sonic State's coverage and Ken Flux 302's coverage and some of the magazines and things like that. Um, but we were going to talk about Cord by Qubit, um, which we will do, but one thing with that to lead us into it, I didn't know it was analogue. I only just found that out today. Really? I didn't know that at all. At all. Yeah, I thought it was definitely digital. Yeah, I did. I thought, great, four-voice, digital, oscillator thing. I'm really into the idea, like with the ADAP quantizer and the IntelliGel microscale does it, but only with a single interval as opposed to four. Uh, diatonic harmony, where it will it knows whether it should be a major or a minor third, and it's making some decisions about things rather than like an old sort of Juno keyboard stacked house chord. Mm. Um, and it's got that mode, so I was really drawn to it for that, but then, yeah, fully analog. Wow. Yeah. It's got to have some digital control on top of it. Definitely. It should be interesting, I mean, because there's plenty of other digital alternatives out there at the moment doing the chord thing. So, yeah, let's see what this one brings. It'll be quite, it'll be quite interesting. And I'm you, surprised somebody hasn't done this before now. Yeah. Analog oscillators in one module with their own VCAs. Yeah. Polyphonic module. 
Yeah, I think it's something everyone sort of strives for, isn't it? You see threads on Mufflegler, how do I do polyphony and modular? How can I build up multiple voices? Um, yeah, I'm surprised no one's done it, really. But you can unlink all the oscillators, so if they're all paired, they all track the first oscillator and oh, right. birds, fifths and sevenths based around that. But you can completely unlink them with their own bot proctive in and their own tuning and just have four oscillators if you want. One thing I did like that, it's getting into music theory, but I like how accessible it makes it, if, even if you don't know what you're doing at all with the music side. It's got inversions and voicing as well. Right. You know, so if, if well, put simply, if you have a, a C major chord, the notes are C, E, and G, for the first inversion, you raise the C so that that's above. So the order of the notes is E, G, C. And that's, you know, that's all a chord inversion is, the order of the notes and how they appear. But being able to just flick through that and CV through that and hear what it's doing. And for someone that knows what all that is, I think it's still really fun. You know, you know, it takes away any potential of thinking about it if you want or you can. If you don't know what it does, you can still flick through and find all these sounds and voices and, um, I think it's really cool because there'll be a lot of modular users as there would be a lot of keys players or guitar players or you know whatever avenue of music you've come from that don't know what a dominant 7 chord is and you know why should they if people don't want to uh, but I love the idea of it's letting people stumble on those sounds because you're not going to patch it up if you don't know what it is you're not going to deliberately tune four separate oscillators to a set of notes unless you've got a reason to yeah exactly as well, didn't I like obviously the telharmonic for that for that kind of thing. So I, I think it, yeah, it, I think it's interesting that, that people have um, ventured into this kind of chord exploration uh, modules, if you like. This you know, there's going to be quite a few out now after sort of now, and I just like I think they're quite interesting. Obviously, Braids has had that chord mode and stuff, you know. But I think it's really interesting that people have done that. I'm, I've always been like some absolutely in the Previously, about the, uh, I've always been, always liked that kind of stacked house chords thing, or the chord memory sort of sound that you would have got on like a, a chord monopoly or a Juno 60. You've just got that. You've got that instant kind of, you know, 90s kind of chord sound. Something I I do quite a lot is stack oscillators. You probably hear it in what I do. Yeah, yeah. it sounds great. It's a it's a pain in the arse tuning. <laughs> yeah. It is, you know, so something that's accessible like that is brilliant. Well, I, I was trying for a long, you probably both know my pain and ringing you up and whinging and moaning about it, but I got four Mark I IntelliGel Dixie oscillators and the Dixie controller so they could share common control without buffered bolts and stuff like that. Um, and a quad dot for envelope and a bubble sound quad VCA um I never got into four filters. I sort of avoided the filter section, trying to build sort of big saw chords. Or I was trying to do like a four voice FM operator thing, um, and it's such a pain in the ass. By the time I got the FM anywhere near the tones I wanted, I had to retune it. And at that point, I tended to just switch the case off and just give up. Mm. Well, no, this is like, you know I've been singing its praises for a while now, but the, the telharmonic's really good for. For that kind of thing, it's just just so good, particularly with the it's got it's got like the, the music theory side of the module that they refer to is yeah. exactly that. It's really good. You can't kind of 
go wrong, as it were, from a musical perspective, because they're kind of, you know, they're linked. And it's really good for that. Thinking of um, the stacked house card thing, the king of that, although I don't think any of us have tried one properly in person, probably the Akimi's Castle from ALM. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know... Had my eye on that for a while. Um, original yeah. Yamaha chips, new old stock chips, FM chips, um, yeah. chord mode, four voice FM operator. That's that's going to be the king of the house chord, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. And probably a real drone machine percussion synth box. That seems like the, the works for that stuff. It is interesting. I did. I've forgotten about that one. I don't know. I did forget about it because I've been looking at it for ages. But so, so there's quite a lot of module manufacturers now bringing out their version of something that can make chords. So uh, again, it just brings a whole different thing into modules, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, definitely. Um, thinking of uh, lots of modules, and this one, hands down, probably the most. Exciting but overwhelming at the same time bunch of stuff. The noise engineering booth. Um they seem to have just kicked out so much new stuff. Yeah. Um more sequences, oscillators, a new version of the Bazimulus drum module. Um I can't I mean I've watched it and obviously we've all chatted, we've made some show notes, we've had this little idea for a podcast. I've watched the video and I've forgotten what most of it is, to be honest. And it isn't because I wasn't excited by it, because we'd have, you know we'd have taken it out of the notes and we won't be talking about it. I think it made some really cool stuff. Um, uh, yeah. But it just that one's a little bit information overload for me. Um, I really like all the rhythm generation that they're doing. I yeah. Think it's sort of most exciting bit. There's not a huge amount of time between now, uh, Super Booth and Messi. Can you announce too many modules? <laughs> we've all said the same thing, and we're fairly kind of up on modular stuff, and we still got overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that's there. Not able yeah. to take it in. I wonder if that's the sort of running theme and arm this year that me and Matthew going to Superbooth, not to rub it in, Greg. Um, and actually, we'll be getting a lot of coverage. Um, Matthew's going to point a camera at my ugly mug. I'll be pointing a microphone at probably some other ugly mugs. Uh, and getting some good content from Superbooth, uh, so watch out for that. But I don't know, are they going to have anything left to announce? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Does the likes of uh, Noise Electronics uh, held some stuff back? Um, well, with the Noise uh, noise Engineering, um, not yeah. Noise Electronics, but um, I'm not sure. He's been... You know, he said this is coming in a couple of months. This will come at summer. This will probably come 2016. Uh, but I don't know. I think my, I think I would have held some stuff back. But I don't know if Noise Engineering are at Superbooth or Mesa. Mm. Well, as we've said before, with the, like the Noise Engineering, we've been teased with these modules for ages. You know, for a good number of years, really. They, you know, it came out in these these weird looking purple prototype things and you think oh wow what are those you know and they've just kind of but now it's kind of just gone bang <laughs> you know they're all coming now yeah I think some of that's the naming system as well um, my yeah. husband's pretty poor you know people have probably heard some of my videos I can barely talk some days but 
I'm not. It doesn't do me any favors when I'm trying to tell people about this stuff. No, no, I've got, I've got one of them, and I can never remember what it is. Air <laughs> oscillator, and I never remember what it is. He sounds amazing. He's fantastic. Yeah, um, <laughs> build quality on that as well. I mean, I am not Teritas, is it? Yeah, Laquetic or something like that. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Laquetic. Yeah, without getting up and going out. But yeah, it sounds incredible. It sounds, there's so much sounds you can get out of that module. It's just it's just really good. Yeah. And uh, you say they've got like these, I think the metal knobs on them, but they're just they're so precise. They're really good. Oh, it's rock solid, really solid. I mean, I've given the there's a new one announced that's got the envelope built in and the repositioning and slight resizing of it. But the Bazimulus drum module, I've given that a real hammering. You know, sort of techno grooves, sixteenth note clock running in and just knob twiddling away, and it, it feels really solid as of a module. Uh, they they sound great as well. I think I'll have to pick up one of the new ones for my drum rack. Now that yeah. the pitch envelope kicks as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it does, It does. unlike the Neuron from Audio Damage and, say, Dinky's Tycho and the Mute Machine, it seems to get to sort of ethnic percussion sort of sounds a bit easier. Or, or happy accidents seem to fall into that tonal character a bit more. All right. Um, which I don't know if that's slightly more interesting for, say, you, Matthew, that's not, you know, you're not making techno or drum beat-driven music. Um, out of all the drum modules, that could be the one you'd be possibly more interested in. Right, you know, I'd love to check that one out then, yeah. You know, little sort of skin wooden drums and little metallic stuff, almost sort of Gamelan-esque overtones. It's got wave folding built in and this harmonic spread and wave morphing. Well, that sounds good. I mean, I've, I've liked as well, like the Dickies Tycho, because, again... You know, there, a couple of years ago, there was just all this kind of constant, it seemed to be like just another 808 or just another 909 clone machine coming out, you know. And I'm really glad now that people are thinking about percussion in a different way and that you can make, you know, make these kind of off-the-wall kind of little electronic blips and things rather than just being yet another classic drum machine type of sound. My favourite drum module is Mutable Instruments. I just... It's just that's so good for drums. Right. I don't have edges. No. I mean, that's the, the quad chip tune oscillator, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, like what you say, Matthew, you get all these kind of blips and these 8-bit kind of noise things happening. Oh, yeah, that's definitely would uh, excite me more. But, you know, you just think, oh, well, yeah, you know. Another eight, right? I mean, it's fine. It just depends what people are doing. But I just like that the idea of sculpting your own sort of drum sounds, really. Well, that and it not taking up a six U case of stuff. You know, searching for the perfect kick or whatever. We're yeah. trying to mix overtones and filtering things and creating, you know, resonant filters, and you can end up using ten modules to make a single percussion sound. Oh yeah, easily. Can't you? you know, with envelopes and stuff, you know. I think this is where they start to shine. Uh, yeah. Stuff like the Neuron and the Dinkies and the Mute Machine. Um, another one that I really don't know much about at all, so I'm not um, not afraid to say so, that is the Emu stuff. Uh, obviously a massive, oh, yeah. 
I'm not afraid to admit I didn't know anything about the EMU stuff either. I'd heard of the Morpheus and I'd heard of these Z-plane filters, but I can't say I've ever heard one that I know of. Mm. Uh, but just, I mean, I started looking when I saw the amount of hype it was getting before Christmas. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, back in the day, I used to have um, an emulator sampler. I used to have an Emacs 2, and um, so that was a sampling keyboard, but that had a an analog filter in there, and that sounded absolutely superb. It was just really, really amazing. And I think you had something like this weird, something was either called something like convolution mode, where you obviously everything was on floppy, so you just had, you took two sounds and basically kind of amalgamated them together, and you you ended up with a new sound. We used to basically go away and wait 20 minutes for it to sort of work it out loud. And there was this crazy little, like, emu that used to run up and down the screen. Oh, nice. But his, his background is uh, incredible. Yeah, he's obviously a super pedigree modular, you know, from it's got that classic blue and silver one that he used to make in the, in the 70s. Yeah. I mean, he seems like, not that anyone seems like a jerk, but he seems like one of the nicest, happiest guys to be at NAMM. Anytime yeah. I've watched him say the same things to about seven different people in these videos. And, you know, not any judgment of him. He's there to promote a product. He's telling people about what's there. But I've watched every one of him. I'm sort of drawn to to Dave Rossum as a person. He's like he's, he's, like he's, telling, he's telling it for the first time every time, which is good, you know, rather than, oh, yeah, I've got to talk about this again. He's just, he's like he's super excited about this is going to be great, you know. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing I've now is that it's like screens are the thing, aren't they? There's lots of modules with screens on them. Oh, yeah. the OLED screens, yeah. Mm. Thinking of the uh, emu dancing around on your old sampler keyboard, it's like playing a Pong on the Korg Minilog. Oh, yeah. Play Pong on that little OLED screen. Mm. Uh, again, another screen one, tenuous links. Um the modal stuff. I like the idea of the oscillator waveforms on the... Oh, me too, yeah. That seems a really good idea. Um, I'm not personally as interested in dissecting the modal keyboard, but the filters sound great. I'm sure the oscillators will. But that idea of everyone buy, or, you know, when they were available and the Mordax data will take a big chunk of that market. But the O-Tool, you know, everyone just putting a wavetable oscillator into an O-Tool and watching waves which I think is half of what people are doing with oscilloscopes, in, you know, as opposed to really trying to learn about anything. You just mm. want to watch waveforms, don't we? Well, yeah, it's, it's superb. I mean, the fact, I mean, I think anyone who's got a maths as well, it's always kind of handy to, uh, to just figure out exactly what maths is doing by sticking it through an oscilloscope, which mm, is yeah. uh, great for that. But, yeah, I just think this, this kind of trend towards putting screens in is quite interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're useful. Uh, what, what's nice with the screen thing, it, it tends to make people run to the hills, I think, with a, oh, God, it's digital, it needs a screen, it's got menu diving. Again, one that didn't really shine out in every video, but that I picked up, uh, Dave Rossum had stressed that I think every feature's only one button click away. Yeah. Mm. You know, or, or two, but a very minimal amount. You know, it's, it's a single-level menu system. It's not sub-menus or... Where you want to be, and then you've got the knob control of that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure what do you think of him releasing the filter first, the low pass filter, not the Morpheus the filter. ladder filter. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? You can see the between poles, isn't it? Let's go yeah. from two poles up to eight. It is it's really interesting. It looks good. I, I mean, I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouth, but it seemed to get a bit of a, that wasn't what people were excited about. You know, it, 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 there was a bit of a, maybe a bit of a yawn, another low pass filter sort yeah. of like. Even though it does more and you've got CVable poles and the CVable distortion and it'll go from really clean, unsaturated to saturated as opposed to always having a set character. Um, but there was, there was definitely a bit of a, I don't know if it was sort of kept in the background a bit, but there seemed to be a bit of a all oh, big yawn and another low pass filter. Vibe. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I mean, it, again, you know, I keep saying it, but it's all back to the kind of music debate. I mean, it certainly interested me from a more soundscapey drone background, as it were. I thought, oh, right, you know, just from what you just said about it not being fixed, how you can CB this, and uh, that, that interested me. Yeah. One thing I would have left out is maybe the distortion part of it for 4 HP less. Do we really need the distortion on the output? I just have to hear what it sounds like, I guess, I guess really. Yeah, so that's what I was just going to say. It depends on what is that what part of it. it brings to it, you know. Yeah, I mean, if that's part of a like a feedback circuit as well as some sort of pre and post, it might be a bit more interesting. But if it is just... I mean, we haven't heard it yet, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. If it is just output drive, though, I'd happily sacrifice the space for it. Mm. And let you, well, you know, we still have to hear it. It may, it may be the nicest output drive you've heard for a certain situation, but um, this, I, I'm thinking or hoping there's probably a bit more interaction going on between the resonance and the feedback in the resonance circuit and the drive, and I'm hoping it's more of that, more of a sort of filter character than just a straight distortion on the end yeah yeah it's got to have some interplay between them yeah like I say rather than just having a, a distortion for distortion's sake in the end yeah yeah otherwise we'd all just want other stuff and save the space cool so I think that about wraps up our notes um, for things that stood out is there anything we've missed or anything anyone wants to mention it's probably loads, isn't it? <laughs> it's, probably loads. It, it's like white noise of, oh, God, there's another thing, you know. There was a ton of modular at NAM. Um, we've yeah. missed, we have missed loads of it, but couldn't possibly cover it all. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, well, hopefully or not, but maybe Superboof will more be the one about showing products that are now out. Or the ones that we've said are coming later this year will come at Superboof with a, right, this is out in a month, or... Yeah. Interesting one just before we wrap up. Does anyone think any modular companies are going to show up to Music Mesa now Superboof's happening so close? Well, that's quite true, isn't it? I think the, I think everyone's kind of testing the water with this because I can understand the, certainly the need for this, you know, because it's completely localised about modular sense. And because, obviously, how, how it's just exploded over the past sort of few years... It's definitely definitely warrants its own complete entity, I think. Um, you yeah. know, if you wander around other music equipment, you, you know you're going for this one uh, one thing. I think it's the best time to do it now. I just think maybe a couple of years ago it may not have worked as much, but certainly 
the, the numbers are there, I think, to make it work. Oh, I think so. I'm certain Superboo's going to do really well. Really, really excited for us going over. Mm. Um, but, I mean, more specific back to that question, because I'm curious myself as to Yotu's take on it. Do well, you th- probably what a lot of people think. Um, a lot of modular manufacturers aren't these big companies, and they do have market in budgets, I'd imagine. Mm. Can they really afford to go to NAM, Superboost, Mesa, all of these? Yeah, yeah Messer and Superbooth are far enough away that you're going to go home in between. But are they really going to fly from West Coast of America within a few weeks? When they've already shown their new stuff. At NAM and again at Superbooth in the same country. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just really glad it's an event we can go to that's not, as Matthew was saying, that I'm not going to have a sax solo in the background when I'm trying to talk to someone. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's just going to be more focused. That's the thing. It's just, you know, you're going there for for that reason and everything related with it. And uh, I don't know, I guess it's, you know, because obviously the, lots of these manufacturers are all small cottage industry, you know, one guy kind of outfits. And maybe this may help those who go, well, I can't simply afford to go on that. You know, the, the figures, they charge more money for this. I can just, I can turn up at this relatively cheaply. May, may give a lot of other people a, a helping hand or, you know, maybe they're springboard and then they go elsewhere. But I, don't, I, I think this is just going to get probably big, you know, fingers crossed, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And maybe the one that they, they don't go to NAM or Messer or whatever. I've, I mean, I think they'll go to NAM being a US thing. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think they're going to go to Messer. I mean, I've not spoken to anyone about it at all. I'm not saying this because I know something that maybe someone else doesn't. I'm not asking. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they're going to go to Mesa. I think, to me, it seems like they've really just huddled up the whole of the modular community and gone, right, we're going to dump you somewhere else a little bit earlier in the year, and I think that's all it's going to be. Yeah. Because well, that's why it's be exciting to go to this, certainly this first one, just to see um, what it attracts to this. You know, I don't know how well it's been um, publicised. I don't know what he's doing kind of social media wise whether there's things on metric synth or whatever you know the whole community that's out there i don't know how many people know about it that aren't manufacturers you know that are just the the modular synth lovers as it were. yeah i mean even with mesa happening every year that doesn't have the pull that nam and like knobcon does later in the year in the states that seems to pull everyone in the u.s together doesn't it users yeah. the designers everyone alike Nothing in Europe has pulled that community together like Superboof seems to be doing. Yeah, yeah, Music Mess is definitely the one where it is. It's just a general free-for-all, free-for-all, you know, anything to do with music. And it just doesn't seem to have anything at all. Well, I don't think any of us have ever said to each other, should we go to Music Messer? No. Um, whereas, you know, putting... I put a little thing on Facebook, you know, who from the UK is going over, just out of curiosity. Obviously, speak to everyone, wherever they're from, but just uh, the UK side with a more curious, out of the people I'm going to know from around me, who's going to go. And the amount of people saying, hey, I'm not in the UK, but I'm going, let's meet up, all this side. Yeah, I've been watching those. That's That's been good. That's interesting. Even just for us lot speaking to people that don't make modules, that just use them in a more sort of general synth meet kind of vibe. Yeah, um, I think Berlin for those few days is just going to be a real melting pot. 
of well, all sorts. I think there's going to be so many people to talk to. It'll be we'll probably come back absolutely exhausted from it, mm. um, in the best possible way. And it's going to be really good. Yeah, like I said, I'd be interested to see what Superbooter are actually doing marketing-wise. Um, I'm not really seeing it as much, you know. I mean, have they even got a Facebook page? I'm not. There's nothing on the website, is there? No, it doesn't seem to be. Um, almost in a sort of this is more of a niche modular thing, so we're just going to do this little niche modular people know about it. But native instruments are coming and showing off reactor blocks, which is a sort of modular fronted environment. Uh, Ableton are going to be there as well. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like if it got in, you know, Ableton's newsletter or something like that, that all these laptops. It's a German company, though, you know, it's going to. But in Germany, has it been advertised more? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking. I just, I just have, I personally haven't seen that much apart from discussions between ourselves or. Other sort of um, little bits of in the community, as it were, but like, um, it, they don't seem to have kind of marketed it, splashing it around everywhere. Where you know, even something simple down to metrics things, where you would you definitely see like Nobcom and stuff like that there, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Actually, I haven't seen much of it outside of Muffwickler. Or... No, no, it's interesting that side of it. Um, I have a feeling it'll be pretty packed. Because um, I don't think they'll. I have this impression they're going to get it right from the off, and I don't know where that's from really. But I just have a feeling that it'll have a, a, a vibe. How big that'll be? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty busy. But I yeah, I mean, really, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I suppose I'm talking more about outside Germany, etc. Yeah, yeah. So from in Berlin, I'm sure he's kind of got pretty much you know, screwed down for, yeah, you come in, you know. Yeah. Well, they'll have a more connected hub, won't they, around Schneider's anyway. In yeah. Yeah. Anyone into Sims in Berlin is going to know about that shop, whereas a lot of places uh, don't have that. You know, you don't have access to a sort of little community centre, as it were, based around something. No, it's good. Yeah, I, yeah I suppose back to your original question about, yeah, which, which one do you choose to go to now? But it's going to be too early to tell. But let's let's hope this is a success. This one, I think, just because uh, you know, I just think it's going to be coming across way more focused. You know, you you have like you mentioned, you haven't got saxophone solos going off in the background, and you've got people who are you know industry like-minded people talking about you know talking about all things modular. You know, yeah, there seems to be a lot of. Um performances and evening stuff going on and you know it's on till 10 at night not you know end of the afternoon the sort of show floor closes or whatever yeah I'm really interested in that I like to see what you know because there's even uh, some DIY stuff as well isn't there yeah some workshops and I think they've got talks going on with people as well um, so it seems like they've got a bit more of a sort of convention vibe going than just a, yeah. a show floor of gear hmm. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's a really good mix. If if that you know they managed to pull off that off well, I think that's a really good addition. You know, rather than it being just a trade show, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Which I get the impression that you know Nam and Messer are. Yeah, definitely. Um, although you know, from the footage of Nam, it seems like with the WMD booth, they make their own little community vibe. You know, in certain yeah. areas and things. 
they seem. I imagine the other sides aren't so much like that. You know, the guitar side. You know, are Marshall quite as friendly with Fender? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can. You know, the more the bigger Roland ones and stuff like that. You know, the yeah, I'm sure it's very much not like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps us up um, for yeah. the first show. Um, so, yeah, um, any comments or anything, leave them below in the video. Uh, check out uh, Modular Podcast on Facebook, at Modular Podcast on Twitter. Uh, any suggestions? We'll be getting into some patch tips, uh, ideas for using uh, different modulators, different techniques, some gear stuff and interviews. Um, so yeah goodbye from me and uh, goodbye to you guys as well yeah right see you guys soon